Welcome to the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time, that being Maine's own Limitless Wrestling, and of course, Let's Wrestle. My name is Josh Nason. and on this week's show, we're going to give you some updates about Reasonable Doubt coming up on Saturday, March 25th in Yarmouth, Maine. We're going to discuss the fallout from Let's Wrestle's Fan Appreciation Show, and also going to have a very long interview, and a very great interview, if I do say so myself, with the Man, they'll challenge Mac Daniels for the Let's Wrestle Championship at Reasonable Doubt, the victorious BRG. Brett Ryan Gosling live here in just a little bit. But before we begin, let me introduce the man behind it all, Randy Carver. Randy, say hi to fine people. How's everything going today, Josh? Things are good. Things are good. Yeah, but, uh, I, I enjoyed that BRG interview quite a bit. We were, uh, as you're listening to this, we recorded it actually the night before. And I, <laughs> afterwards, I'm like, did he ever go by Notorious BRG, or am I? Did I just am I like conflating Notorious BIG and Victorious BRG and just putting those all together? I think you're just trying to create the new phase of BRG moving forward. I Notorious BRG, but yeah, I've never heard that one. No, not until last night. But uh, got it, people got it, will get it. coming up. <laughs> That's right. I hope he gets that logo on a T-shirt. Like that T-shirt, I think he can make a ton of money selling it. You never know. Yeah, never know. Even the idea now, it's out there. That's right. That's right. Uh, so if we get reasonable doubt, obviously, um, big loss in the limitless wrestling family, which uh, we want to acknowledge and, and obviously sad to acknowledge uh, as you're listening to us, I believe just uh, just over a week ago or so. Um, Jessica Lynn Elmore, uh, people knew her as a photographer. I mean, knew her like as a lot of different things to 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 the limitless family, to the New England wrestling community and, and so on and so forth. Uh, really sadly passing away and I, I know at some point we want to try to do maybe a, a little bit more to recognize her on this show we don't know kind of how that's going to work but uh, something that's in the back of our mind we're, we're thinking about and but uh, yeah I mean I I personally did not know her I had never met her I knew I had seen her at shows and kind of knew of her but never uh, actually got a chance to, to talk to her I know you have and I know you know top everyone's talked about it on social and so on but um, you want to just give a talk for a couple minutes about kind of what she meant for those that may be not familiar with her and kind of what she meant, how she came along and uh, and, and everything. Yeah, um, just an incredible fixture of the community, uh, not only just Limitless Wrestling, but independent wrestling. I don't know how many people who have watched a show or attended a show or uh, become fans of Limitless Wrestling that say that they found it through Jessica Lynn or... Uh, through her photos being posted online, because since she started attending events in 2017, I met her in that summer, I believe it was. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if there was anybody more passionate about, you know, what we were doing with Limitless and the people who came through it. And uh, just a very caring individual. And it's been honestly like, uh, I'm glad we're talking about this like a week later, because I don't know if I would have known what I would have said. But uh, like to see the outpouring from the community of just, wrestlers and, and fans and people that she had met along the way and impacted in some way, shape or form has been unreal. Um, and it's like, it, it's weird to say that someone who you've known has had cancer since you met him and has been battling a majority of the time that you've known him. It's weird to say that it's shocking that uh, they've passed away, but I think it really, I, it hit a lot of us deep because I think anyone who really knew Jess knew how much of a fighter she really was. And, uh, I just never questioned her fight. You know what I mean? Uh, she had, you know, knocked cancer down to the mat many times. And uh, it just seemed like she had no other alternative but perseverance. And uh, she was just going to do it no matter what. And uh, 
you wouldn't have even known. You know what I mean? She was just she was always there uh, whenever she could be. Most of the Limitless shows in the past, I guess it was five or six years now, uh, she's been there, whether it's ringside or uh, taking photo sets for some of the wrestlers or whatever it may be, running around the place. But uh, just a bright light in the community that uh, it's going to be super weird. And it already has been because we had Let's Wrestle over the weekend and she was a fixture at Let's Wrestle. And um, I didn't really know how that show was going to be because uh, mm. it's, uh, you know, it's a toss up on how everybody's going to be feeling and, and where everybody's emotions are going to be at. But uh, it was really beautiful to be, I think, with a lot of people who were close to Jess. And then uh, th- we put a video out on the Let's Wrestle social. Ethan Scott did an amazing job. Um opening up the show and, and, you know, dedicating it in honor of Jessica. We're going to do the same thing March 25th and uh, remember her how she wants to be and, and uh, you know, the good times. And uh, I did want to mention as well, uh, there are a few ways that you can support the family during this time because, unfortunately, death is something that is uh, crazily expensive. Already over $5,000 raised on that GoFundMe in just a couple days, and I did want to shout out, uh, Cody Rhodes dropping a huge uh, donation on that GoFundMe as well. We'll put the link to that GoFundMe in the description of this podcast, uh, as well as on the 25th at Reasonable Doubt in Yarmouth. We've got quite the raffle set up, and uh, Danger Kid's been teasing online. I'm not going to give it away here, but there is a piece of Limitless Wrestling memorabilia that no one would guess is uh, in anyone's possession still, you know what I mean? But Danger Kid has it. I had no idea who had it until this past week, and it's an item of MJFs that uh, I think a lot of people are going to want to get their hands on, and that's going to be raffled off with all the proceeds as well, going to the family of Jessica at the end of the night. So uh, a couple cool things on the way there, and uh, we'll be doing more to honor Jessica as time goes on. But, yeah, it's a a bummer. And shout-out to fucking Cody Rhodes, man. Like, you know thousand dollar donation that's great uh and and money's tight for a lot of people these days we know that yeah but still i mean any donation is great but the fact he he donated a thousand bucks and someone that's you know not involved like heavily with limitless right and to do that is awesome so 85 donations to uh to start right now and i expect uh we'll hit that same 500 mark at some point soon but uh yeah good on cody Rhodes for doing it man I, I, that was cool to see yeah, that's incredible. And uh, yeah, RIP Jessica Lynn Ellsmore. But Randy, uh, as Ethan did that great, uh, as you mentioned, that great intro to get off Let's Wrestle, um, you know, not the 10 bell salute in terms of, you know, being somber and things like that. She want people to get up and she want people to be excited for reasonable doubt. She would love the show. Saturday, March 25th, Yarmouth and Vets in Yarmouth, Maine. Front row, as you know, by this point, sold out. And tickets, Randy, they are moving very fast. That's not just a promoter in me saying it, Randy. These tickets are flying out the door. That they are, yeah. Uh, 92 tickets remaining uh, as of recording, Whoa. and then uh, we've obviously got some standing room that we add in there at the end, but uh, if you want to make sure you get a seat, definitely get on it. LimitlessWrestling.com slash tickets. Limitless hot right now, Randy. You think so? Goddamn right, pal. This is great. I mean, uh, always great to see, but this is people are really into it right now, and I mean, the, again, you look at the tickets, people are... They're not screwing around. They're buying early. And yeah, I think this is good. And this is obviously some great matches on the show. We will preview this more in depth, we promise, as uh, we approach a show. But of course, the stuff we have announced so far is, of course, Two Cold Scorpio versus Desmond Cole, the dream match, which uh, we talked about briefly, but we'll go more in depth on uh, a later date. Uh, of course, the Limitless Wrestling 
World Championship on the line. Three-way Ace Romero defending the title against Big Beef and Rip Bison in a heavy-hitting match, no doubt about it. Of course, the Let's Wrestle Championship match, uh, Mac Daniels defending against BRG. We talk about more about that in-depth with some very pointed comments by BRG. I'll tell you that much coming up in just a few minutes. And this one, we have uh, we have not got a chance to talk about this last time we spoke. The Queen of Strong Smile, Rachel Ellering, taking on the international pop star, Becca. Yeah, Fightful dropping that one. We've got a few match announcements since we last spoke, but Becca looking to keep the winning streak alive, and now it's uh, it's really a test here. Second-generation star Rachel Ellering coming off an impressive run for Impact Wrestling. That's going to be a big one. And another new addition to the card. So we knew that Anthony Henry is going to be on the show. We knew that Andy Brown was going to be on the show. Now we know that Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown, God damn it, Andy Brown is going to take on Anthony Henry in what is going to be a definite hard-hitting matchup. Kind of uh, lunatic behavior that both of these guys asked for this match, but they've been jonesing for it on social media for a few months now. Of course, Andy Brown got his first taste of the work horseman back in Worcester end of last year at High Strung, getting a win over J.D. Drake. So we'll see if he can make it too straight over the work horseman here. But Anthony Henry uh, really on the run of his life right now, if I say so myself. And if that match with Blackwood at High Strung is any indication, I think Andy Brown could be in for a long night here. Boy, it should be hard. I'm, I'm getting more and more excited uh, the more I think about this match. Yeah, Andy Brown versus Anthony Henry coming up at Reasonable Doubt. And we've talked a lot about them. Above the rest, making their return back to Limitless Wrestling, back to Yarmouth, Maine for the first time since the big win over the Workhorsemen. Speaking of Anthony Henry. And they have an interesting challenge in front of them. Art. Above the rest taking on Art. And we'll see if uh, ATR can make it two in a row. Or if the Art Party keeps going. The last time we saw them in Limitless, of course. They uh some interesting things going on we've talked about between Ava, Aaron Rourke, Ricky Smokes, and this whole thing. And yeah, very fascinating to see how this plays out. Very reminiscent of a year ago, too, where Aaron Rourke and Ricky Smokes are kind of, I don't want to say left in the darkness, but they're left to figure it out on their own. No Ava Everett here. Of course, she's in Germany right now for WXW, I believe. Tomorrow night, actually, has a WXW Women's Championship match. So we'll see if she can regain that one more time. But Art on their own here, looking for their second straight in any kind of tag team action. So uh, this could be a building block match for either team here, trying to build two straight and kind of get a winning streak alive here as 2023 kicks off. Yeah, should be good. So, yeah, things are coming together. And uh, any other surprises, match announcements coming up, Randy? Where are we at? Oh, there's plenty. Uh, I got a few. Plenty. Up my this is, dude, this is feeling like a good show. I'm, I'm not even going to front with you. This is I, I got a good feeling about this one. And. It's not too often I say that ahead of the event. So uh, I think it's going to be a good time. As long as you don't say that you're feeling good about like the day of the show in terms of like setup or anything, because that then something always happens. It always, yeah, always, no, I'm, I'm ready for that. All right. Yeah. It should be good. Yeah. Mar- uh, Saturday, March 25th, the Army Main. Don't miss out on the tickets. Less than 100 left. You know, these things fly fast. But if for some reason you can't make it, you can stream it live on IWTV with a subscription there. So, yeah, more to come on that. Uh, we'll do a full preview show here coming up rather shortly. Of course, let's look back at Let's Wrestle's Fan Appreciation Night. It's all about you, the fans. Uh, last weekend, uh, as we record this in uh, in Brewer, Maine, at the indoor yard sale. And speaking of the Let's Wrestle champion, he was in action. We'll go over the results real quick here. Overall, kind of what was your thoughts on the show? It was uh, So, if I rem- remember right, Oh, it's right. We had a, a huge snowstorm, at least down here where I live. I assume that was the case up there, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think the people in the central main area maybe built a little different because I was expecting this to be a bomb scare. I'm not like I was watching the weather and I'm looking at everybody's Facebook posts, especially Friday night. And I'm just like, you know what? You're due. You're due for a fucking bomb scare. Like it's, you know, just accept it and move on. That's all you can do at that point. And uh, that's what I was trying to do. So I was going to be in a fine mood either way. We had uh, a pretty good pre-sale too. So like uh, it's been pretty encouraging, honestly, the return of Let's Wrestle and kind of what we're doing there right now. But um, yeah, I was just expecting it to be maybe 50, 60 people. And uh, we had about 160 in the house, uh, even wow. with the snow. And uh, that was really encouraging to uh, to still have people come up because it was especially for anyone who was traveling in from Southern Maine, we got a few messages of people who just weren't making it because uh, they got close to, you know, 10 inches of snow down South and uh, up North it had, uh, it had subsided by like two o'clock and uh, it was starting to get nice out by three. And we we're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so I think that really encouraged a lot of people locally, especially to still make the trip because um, even the, uh, we did have a few people uh, traveling from like West Gardner and Auburn, and uh, they said that the you know interstate was cleared out pretty well, so uh, yeah. we got quite lucky that it didn't hammer Central Maine like it typically does. It was actually a Southern Maine-based storm, so in that sense, it was good. And then uh, no wrestlers really had a ton of issues traveling. I felt bad, of course, every time I feel like I book a car load from Buffalo, they got to travel through <laughs> some ignorant weather. So uh, I felt bad about that, but uh, no, it was it was dude really good vibes and. Uh, I think everybody was, you know, of course, with with Jess passing away, everybody was coming together and uh, some old faces who were, you know, team members in the past of Limitless Wrestling and even people I hadn't spoken with uh, in years who were like former dojo students who knew Jess came out that night just to support and say hello and see everybody again. So it was uh, a really nice night. Uh, I think we all needed it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know. I was in uh, I was in Portland for the night and uh it wasn't as bad, but like my wife was here where I live in in uh, New Hampshire and we had all oh, like well over a foot and in Portland, like they were canceling stuff, but it was like, it wasn't that bad, like in town Portland, but you go like, I don't know, five, 10 miles out. It was so much different. And uh, my stepmother who lives in um, South Paris, Maine, shout out to the Oxford Hills. They got like 18 inches. That's crazy. That's nuts. Crazy, crazy. Of course, the Buffalo people are just like, ah, whatever. It's nothing. That's a that's a spring day. Yeah, but geez, to make that trek in that weather, I always uh, feel bad. Hardcore, hardcore. Well, let's go, let's go over the uh, the results of the show. Uh, Mac Daniels defeating Quesi Asante in uh, one of the featured matches. There, of course, the Masshole Mike McCarthy and Alexander Lee. That's quite a team taking on and defeating the Ring Marshals. They were making their debuts. Uh, Shane Levanji returning, uh, defeating the debuting Haley Dillon. Of course, the Donkey Boy Bandit back to singles action and defeating Jason Maverick after Eric Greenleaf reversed the decision. Now, I have not got a chance to see this show yet. What, what's going on with this uh, decision reverse? What happened? This was a mess, but it was the right decision by Eric Greenleaf. I'll put him over. Um, Jason Maverick, just a loose cannon, um, not letting go of a dragon sleeper, choking out the Donkey Boy Bandit and just laying it in. So... Eric Greenleaf and, you know, called for help, tried his best to rip him off there. Jason was looking to make a statement, and Eric Greenleaf said, you know what? All right, pal. Uh, reverse the decision. That got him to let go of the submission, but unfortunately, 
that forced him to knock Ethan Scott on his tuckus. And Alexander <laughs> Lee would then hit the ring and all hell would break loose. We had students getting in there, not knowing what the hell was going on, trying to hold these guys apart. And uh, that made us a match for the return date, May 6th. I don't mean to jump ahead, but Alexander Lee, Jason Maverick is going to be no more running because it's Falls Count Anywhere on May 6th. So that'll be interesting. It's the first Falls Count Anywhere match we've ever had in Let's Wrestle. Oh, okay. the uh, oh, no kidding! Wow, have you had one in? in uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if you had a Falls Count anywhere in um, in Limitless. Jeez, I uh, I, I almost if... want to say that we did on one of the fair shows. Maybe the Litchfield. I have to talk to Danger Kid about that. Uh, there might be one like festival show that we did it on, but never a proper Limitless show. I don't believe. Let's see. Uh, three, three, four. Oh, you did uh, on the road season three. You had one American Beetle and Doctor Cube. Oh yeah, he got hit by a car. <laughs> um, you gotta watch yeah, that match if you've not seen it. According to the results, uh, the results page, you have not. And of course, uh, good friends um, Michael Labby and uh, Carl McGrath can uh, can correct us. They're probably yelling at their uh, their phones right now as we're talking here. <laughs> um, those guys, man, those guys are so great in, in main history. I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm just always impressed. There was a string about like Bangor or a, a main, uh, uh, fuck yeah, the EWA getting banned in uh, Gore, Maine. I just <laughs> saw that on Twitter this morning. Yeah, because uh, Alex Worthington like called it like the bunghole name. That's hilarious. Just, those old things, like, it, it just, I don't know. I, I love those like weird random trivia bits because I have friends that live in Gorham. Now I have to tell them that. And, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, they're they're I, the closest things to uh, main wrestling historians that we have. I believe. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, the A game. Joseph Alexander returning and defeating Jordan Collins. Big Great cat. Match. Yeah, I was going to ask about uh, Alexander in just a minute. Uh, big cat, not big cat of barstool sports fame, but just big cat in wrestling fame. You never know. Did you see the show yet? Uh, I didn't, so I guess it could have been him. Okay, there you go. Defeating uh, Samuel Radcliffe, and then. Of course, the big match, the return of Eric Johnson, Maine's Mutant Mastodon, returning to the ring after injury, teaming up with the one and only MSP, defeating the dastardly Seawolves in a trios action. And, of course, that leads into, as you mentioned, the return date. Coming to the indoor yard sale on May 6th, Alexander Lee taking on Jason Maverick. Falls count anywhere in a place that's an indoor flea market, Randy. Uh, indoor yard sale, rather. Uh, I mean, th this could get... Uh, pins could take place against all types of different items. I, I, it, it's going to get wild. It is. There, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> different places and crevices and things that they could potentially use in that place. I have no idea how that one's going to turn out. And then I'm curious about this. So Eric Johnson getting a shot at the Let's Wrestle Championship, which right now is against Mac Daniels. However, as we talk about in the interview. We have, uh, let's see, a Let's Wrestle title match coming up in, in Limitless in uh, in uh, March 25th. So is it Eric Johnson getting a Let's Wrestle title shot, or is he wrestling Mac Daniels regardless, or what's the deal here? I think that's something that will be determined after the 25th, uh, to be 100% sure. But obviously, uh, anyone who's been paying attention to Let's Wrestle, especially since the Eric Johnson benefit show, um, Eric's been wanting to get his hands on Mac Daniels for months, and it's it's stretched more than just the past four months. It goes back to Let's Wrestle being in Herman, uh, summer of last year. So, this is a match that has to happen one way or the other, title match or not. But as of now, it is for the Let's Wrestle Championship. This is Eric's first official one on one shot for the Let's Wrestle Championship, and could be the first time in a long time that he's the heavyweight champion of a company in the state of Maine. 
Interesting. And I have to correct you. It's the Eric Johnson Memorial Show. Remember? I know. I know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That should be great on uh, May 6th at the indoor yard sale. And yeah, this turned out to be a nice, nice venue for you. Yeah, it's working well. And uh, I think it's easy for uh, especially a lot of our central Maine audience to uh, to make it to that place. So uh, just been, I don't know, been a good time all around. Awesome to get the students back in circulation with a company locally. And uh, I don't know, it's been a lot of fun to do. Uh, a couple other notes uh, before we kick it to the interview. How are things going at Mojo and the Dojo? Season two should be wrapping up this week or next week, if I remember right. Yes, you got it. Uh, we're actually wrapping up season two uh, tomorrow as we tape this. So it'll be Saturday, um, be the season finale. But of course, these are all going to be up for free in full on YouTube.com slash Limitless Wrestling. And you can watch them anytime as well on demand via IWTV. But I can confirm, Josh. Yes. Season three will be on the horizon here in a couple weeks. So wow. be looking out for more Mojo at the Dojo. A lot of debuts on this upcoming season of Mojo at the Dojo. So uh, some freshness on the way Saturday mornings at 11. Uh, a little birdie told me that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson makes his debut. Is that accurate? You're going to have to watch and find out, Josh. Love it. Love it. Love the promotion there. Uh, AG, Anthony Green, made his debut at the historic uh kirk and hall in japan of course he i mean i think the last time we talked he made his debut at uh at sumo hall as well and obviously he was part of the the noah the uh, uh muda uh, farewell show and he's been making the rounds over there in uh in the far east yeah kind of checking off the the bucket list of historic venues it's really cool to see um again for kick to the interview uh some other plugs obviously mojo at the dojo randy talked about seasons one and two all available for free course you can watch uh, for our friends in the greater portland uh, westbrook area on friday nights pmc channel 5 8 30 p.m and also replays throughout the week you can check the, some of the best of recent limitless wrestling action there iwtv if you have a subscription you can find archived events from years and years ago hours and hours and hours and hours of limitless stuff if you have not checked it out of course pluto tv for the first couple seasons of the road Social media, LW Main on Twitter, Limitless Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Let's Wrestle 207 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find, obviously, the Limitless Dojo on Facebook as well. Randy underscore Carver, LW on Twitter. Josh Nason on Twitter. LimitlessWrestling.com for all your ticket and merchandise needs for everything in the Carververse. Anything else, Randy, that I forgot? I think you got it. Let's kick it to the interview. All right. So for Randy Carver, I'm Josh Nason. Until next time, be limitless and enjoy this interview with BRG. All right. On this week's show, glad to talk to a guest we've wanted to talk to for quite some time. Someone that everyone here that's listening definitely knows. And coming up on Limitless Wrestling Reasonable Doubt, Saturday, March 25th, Yarmouth, Maine. I think a lot more people are going to know about him because he's going to challenge for the Let's Wrestle Championship against his rival, Mac Daniels, the man we're talking, of course, tonight is the man who's always looking for sweet victory and has probably the sweetest logo, I think, that I've seen in quite some time. The one and only Notorious BRG is here. Notorious BRG, the man. Welcome. You're, you're making me blush by complimenting my logo. Uh, I can finally knock off being on the Limitless podcast on my bucket list. It's awesome to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that, I'm, that NHL style logo, it, it's so great. It's just like, it's because that logo alone is classic. And then the fact that it just works perfectly with, uh, with the, uh, the initials, it's, uh, it's just, it's great. I love it. Can you believe like I don't like hockey at all? I was going to ask if you did or not, because you have the, you have, no. I, used to work, I used to work in pro hockey for like seven yeah. years. 
and you have the you have the thing where I could see you like playing for some uh like some like junior team on like the the like Cape Cod or something like that. You know what I mean? If you had told me that. Yeah. So 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 how did you how'd you come up with the logo? Oh no, I really do like hockey. I was just ribbing you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. So tell me about your hockey pass then. Uh so right before I um started professional wrestling, I was playing hockey. My dad didn't give me a choice when I was a kid. So uh, as soon as I learned to walk, I was on skates. So from the age of two until 18, I played hockey. And like it overlapped into like my wrestling stuff. So yeah, um, anybody that knows me knows that I am a lifelong Montreal Canadiens fan. Oh, so what is this? What is this guy growing? (laughs) Flipping people ahead of the 25th. This is, um, yeah, no, I mean, if I wasn't confident in people liking me, I wouldn't have said that to be fair, (laughs) but, um, no, (laughs) um, that, 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 um, reaction is exactly what I had to deal with my entire life. I went to like Boston Bruins versus Montreal Canadiens game. And, you know, people like to say, I like to piss people off. Well, yeah, I was doing it from a very early age because I was talking smack to all the Bruins fans at like age seven and my dad was loving it. Awesome. No kidding. What to what position did you play? I was a centerman. Centerman. Got it. What where are you from? Are you from Massachusetts originally? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very good. But yeah, sweet logo. And uh, despite your uh, Montreal Canadiens fandom, we'll uh, continue mm-hmm. our talk <laughs> here. But uh, yeah, I mean, you you've uh, I mean, you've been a fixture in the uh, as I call it the Carververse in uh, both Limitless and uh, Let's Wrestle uh, for quite some time, and obviously in, in like the main wrestling scene and. New England wrestling scene. And, you know, it's always interesting to talk to someone because you don't like you because you don't you're a veteran, but you don't have the look of a veteran. You look like you've only been in the business like a year or so. So uh, you, you have the good look. So good for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So how did uh, you yeah. How did you get your start anyway? I mean, obviously you mentioned, you know, hockey background, things like that. Where did you uh, where did you get bit by the wrestling bug? And, and how did you find the, the school that you trained at and, and how did things kind of get going? So, um, unlike most wrestling fans, I got into wrestling pretty late. Uh, it was 2011 um, when I started watching pro wrestling, and I was 13 years old then. And I remember it was January of 2011. Um, Edge came out on SmackDown, and he was instantaneously like, the coolest person I had ever seen at that point. And like, think about it, XD 13 year old, this dude coming out, throwing up like the devil horns and the cool pyro and the awesome entrance music. It was hard not to fall in love with him. So then I remember that night, it was like Edge and Kelly Kelly versus Dolph Ziggler and Laycool of all things. And I was just so invested because the spear was banned and I thought this guy was badass. So the Spears band and I jumped out of my seat when I saw Kelly Kelly hit the spear because Edge wasn't allowed to do it, but nobody said anything about Kelly Kelly getting uh, uh, doing it. So after she did that, Vicky Guerrero, who was the general manager at the time, fired her. So that's what hooked me. Um, Then Edge versus Alberto Del Rio at WrestleMania 27 is the match where I was like, I'm going to be a professional wrestler one day. Because it was on the biggest stage that I had ever seen at that point in wrestling. And I just thought it was awesome. And I'm like, I want to do that one day. Um, so fast forward two years. Um, I was 15 years old. I was a sophomore in high school. And 
I got cut from my high school hockey team. So I was like, okay, well, I want to get, I want to stay in shape. I want to stay active, do all this stuff. I had never like not done a sport. So I literally looked up like the closest pro wrestling school to me. And I lived in like bumfuck nowhere in Rhode Island. So the closest one was 45 minutes away from me. It's actually close by to where I live now. But um, I started there kind of like getting like my basics in. Uh, it's a school called Showcase Pro Wrestling. I That's where I kind of like got my basics, but it wasn't really until I met Matt Taven two years later um, at his school in West Warwick, Rhode Island, which was significantly closer to where I was living at at the time. And it's through him that um, him and Mike Bennett for a little bit that um, I started coming up more with like my character work and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride because I've had so many trainers in this time. I've been at four schools since I started in wrestling. I, I started at Showcase Pro Wrestling. I eventually would move to Matt Taven and Mike Bennett School who would um who would later involve uh vincent as well and then i would move to the lockup pro wrestling academy in fall river massachusetts where there where uh matt and mike's trainer ryan drew was training at the time and now i'm currently training at beyond school um tuesdays and wednesdays down in worcester so i'm constantly trying to learn so that's the the, the yeah. fun part about all of this so i mean that's good too because i think you know, so many people, when we kind of learn from the outside, we learn about wrestling schools and so on. You think, you know, you only go to one school and then that's that. But really, I mean, you, I mean, if, you know, if you talk about like pro fighting, for example, you have fighters that'll go to fight camps all around the country and all around the world if they can, because they learn different things from everyone. There's no one, you know, some people may more specialize in X versus Y versus Z. And I assume, and, and, and you, Randy, you can answer this after uh, Brett does, but like, I assume you must learn and pick up different things because for trainers and people you're working with, everyone's experience is different. And, and that, that makes you, I would assume makes you a more well-rounded wrestler. Absolutely. Like if, so, like I said, uh, one of the schools was uh, Ryan Drew's school for the lockup pro wrestling Academy. He literally trained Matt Taven and those two um, teach a completely separate way. T uh, Taven's a lot more uh, character focused while Ryan's a lot more based on like the, the wrestling aspect of it. Um, it's actually where uh, Channing Thomas also trained at one point as well was the lockup pro wrestling Academy. It's where we like slowly started to become like good friends there until recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously obviously yeah and brett going back to uh being trained by by matt taven so limitless fans obviously know who very familiar with him of course because he worked in limitless before finally made his debut i think it was last year if i remember that it could have been the year before but it was uh he's just you know I, it was my first time kind of seeing him that up close live and he's uh he's just a, he's he's a professional wrestler that's the best way I can describe him. It kind of sounds like general because, of course, no shit. People are pro wrestlers, but he's like a, he comes off like a true pro. Like his his gear is good. He is a great. You know, you just tell like he he cares about it. He's really crisp in the ring. He knows like if he's working in a room of four hundred or if he's working you know four thousand for Ring of Honor or AEW or something like that or whatever. He just he just like he he just seems to get it, you know. And I and I 
I know there's a lot of people out there like that, but it's really, like, really kind of stood out. Like, this is like this guy could work for the next 25 years if he wanted to, because he just has it, you know. And imagine, you know, you talk about getting taught by a guy like that. Uh, that must be just a, a really awesome skill set to be able to draw from an experience level. Absolutely. Um, you you mentioned all these things, and I think it's part of the reason why uh, Ring of Honor pretty much put him at the front and center of their promotion when they were dealing with um, the elite having just left. He was like the complete wrestler. He's someone that they could rely on in Ring of Honor. And so to learn from somebody who has all those skills and knows exactly what the wrestling business is about in modern times and has done pretty much everything that I'm aspiring to do. It's fantastic that even though um, I don't currently train with him, um, I still can reach out to him and ask for advice from him. All right. So we'll, uh, I want to get to obviously the Mac Daniels match and kind of how the prestigious run and all that stuff in, in a couple of minutes. But I want to start with, you know, for those people who may not be f- too familiar with you, like how you got started in Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it, you was, it was in IWE as uh the one and only todd harris that's oh, a name God. you know yeah that's a name. <laughs> i could hear you say that mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i guess how did you uh how'd you get your first booking or in in maine how'd that come about and uh i think you were in a tag team time with uh malik logan who uh left yep. wrestle fans to remember so talk about kind of that process how you first got to the 207 oh. and uh and all that and iwe oh god you know it's so funny my first iwe show is an adventure in itself um <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you the short version for right now. If we want to go into it later, we definitely can. Um, the school, the first school that I was training at, uh, Showcase, promoter Chris Blackheart comes up to me and he's like, do you want to go to Maine tomorrow? I was like, sure. There was a car load of the guys and I was I just jumped in the car and went up there. I wrestled hashtag Mikey um, <laughs> um, on the same night that Johnny Primer was retiring. Um, I, I came out with my dress shirt and my, uh, really bad, great value million dollar championship. And I mean, I got, I got a, like a decent enough reaction, but it was like, I want to say 2016 or 2015 that happened. And then eventually I would hit Eric back up again. Um, I want to say like five months later and um just asked him if i could come up and just do like the the weekend because i saw he had like a weekend of shows so i drove up by myself to uh go and do those and that was like the longest trip i had taken at the time because i was 17 i had just gotten my license so this is literally like me showing my parents that i i can drive across multiple states um and then after john the bomb and sonny roselli took over i kind of became like a mainstay there and the and I had brought Malik up with me at the time because he was also someone I was training with then. And we just started teaming together because we were best friends in real life. So we were and we always enjoyed the car rides. I still tell him to this day, it's like I miss those car rides up to Maine because they were just so much fun. And anytime I can get an opportunity to do them again, I absolutely will with him. But it was those were some fun times just because of everything that would happen you had people pissed off at me like nearly rioting trying to fight me in the parking lot 
like IWE was like my little like playground to like have fun with. And then I remember like I left IWE right before Let's Wrestle started. Right, Randy? Is that if I recall correctly? I I don't recall when you left, but there was a it was kind of an uproar with people there at the time. And I think it I think it was right around the same time that MSP and uh, yeah, uh, Alexander Lee stopped kind of working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I went and dropped the Livewire Championship to um, Osiris, and then I had left IWE for for a long time um, until, and then I uh, moved on to Let's Wrestle, and I was on the first Let's Wrestle show, and I still take a lot of pride in that that I've been involved with Let's Wrestle from the beginning. Um, it's by far uh, one of my favorite places that I have gotten to work for in the last, in my entire career, in all honesty. Some good yeah. memories were made there. Yeah, Randy, Randy, why don't you talk about kind of where, when you re- first remember seeing BRG and what made you want to bring him into either Let's Wrestle or eventually uh, his unofficial Limitless debut, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. He was just damn good. Like I just, uh, it kind of pissed me off because I like, I I just didn't like think of BRG as someone that I would ever book the first time that I saw him. But he was just like, there was nobody else who was interacting with people and like, just like he's saying, inciting literal riots in the uh, city side banquet hall, where uh, you know, (laughs) shooting on divorces and like he was he was pushing the limit though. (laughs) He was pushing the lit and I was just, I was struck by it. And then like uh, the thing that I felt at the time is that it, it, he's got a great mouth to run, but the wrestling has got to catch up. And like he, uh, as he said, you know, he took progressive changes for the wrestling to catch up and it, it did very quickly. And by the end of it, uh, cause I, I was going to, it had to be like 2017, 2018 is when I was going to a lot of the IWE shows, at least in Brewer. And that's where, uh, I got to see firsthand both he and Malik Logan at the same time really take some steps and uh, make some progress. So uh, when we started Let's Wrestle, uh, it, it was really to bring uh, something different back to the central main area with people that, you know, the local fans enjoyed and didn't get to see anymore. And uh, Brett was at the forefront for that and uh, on a lot of those early Let's Wrestle shows. And it was kind of cool because uh, we did start Brett uh, as the same way he had been presented pretty much in IWE, of course, the name had changed along the way, but uh, eventually we got into some new ground where uh, BRG was a beloved character in Let's Wrestle by the end of it uh, as we went into the pandemic. So uh, it was kind of crazy and kind of cool to see how that changed and uh, how he embraced it and just to try something different with Brett to see that uh, he was just very versatile as a performer, which is uh, incredible to to work with in wrestling. So Brett, what was that, that challenge like? for you going from again in that same region someone that as randy said inciting riots and and uh you know people want to, to meet you out in the parking lot to people that uh you know want to give them your babies in the parking give them babies in the parking lot and you know, kiss babies and things like that i mean what how did you how'd you learn how to kind of make that tr- that transition and do it where it felt uh where it felt genuine to you if it even did feel genuine get talk, talk to us about that it definitely it's tough to say exactly what um just made it work personally i just 
felt like I had that connection with the main fans up until that point because they had known like that area of fans in Central Maine just kind of knew me and over time I think they learned to respect me so that when we eventually just made me <laughs> made me one of the most beloved guys and uh let's wrestle it was an easy enough transition because they had already started to to learn and accept me and like because i was always putting on uh such an entertaining uh aspect to a show they kind of kind of want to say they kind of accepted me kind of loved me a little bit i don't know if i'm rambling a little bit but it's i think just, you earned their respect i, I yeah think it came to a point where I think everybody collectively at once just felt like you kind of rounded third and headed home to kind of understanding who you were in the ring and out of it. And uh, sometimes like, I feel like when people naturally feel a complete package come together before their very eyes, there's nothing you can do, but respect that. You know what I mean? I feel like that's uh, Christian Casanova in limitless. You know what I mean? When, when he was about to take his rise to the top, People just naturally felt that come together and they're like, fuck yeah, I like this guy. And I feel like that's kind of what it was for Brett too. So those early days in, in Let's Wrestle. So you obviously, did you met Randy? Did you meet Randy in IWE or how, how did that work? Yeah, I met Randy in IWE. I knew who he was. I knew he was he owned Let's Wrestle, uh, Let, uh, Limitless, sorry. Um, and I knew that was a place that I wanted to be. So I took every opportunity and chance to talk to him and just see like what he thought of my matches what i can do better um how can i improve because i limitless was a place that i wanted to be when you met randy was it i mean i hear it often the first time i meet him it's kind of like me like rick flair in the 80s did you get that same vibe or <laughs> um i was in i was intimidated um i always am intimidated um meeting people i don't know which is kind of ironic in a sense but once i start to get comfortable with somebody and start to get to know them a little bit more i think i'm easier to talk to and i'm a lot like i show my personality a lot more but yeah no um i was intimidated at first no offense randy it's just how i am with everybody yeah wait 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 till you see the dark side of the ring on randy it's gonna be wild <laughs> <laughs> um but so so he so he asked you to it tells about this concept for let's wrestle which is obviously a little bit different than than limitless uh did he have to really sell you one or you just kind of like just tell me when and where and let's do it or kind of tell me about that process and how the in the concept and kind of what you thought about it i was all for it as soon as he told me i was like absolutely 100 percent because like I said, Randy was somebody I wanted to work for. So if he's coming to me with a new project, something that he is very passionate about, I'm 100% going to be on board. You don't have to, with his name attached to it in Maine, it's like, it's like um, a recipe for success no matter what. So before we leave this, this part of your career, I think I'd ask you, you had made your limitless debut and let, let me let me put you this way. When I say the La Kermesse Festival, what comes to mind? That one part of my mind that, like, it's off that section of my mind that I never, ever think about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Todd Harris made his unofficial. Yeah. yeah, Randy, you want to talk about this? So so he made, uh, Brett made his unofficial debut as Todd Harris against Xavier Bell, 2017 La Kermesse Festival in Biddeford, Maine. 
talk to us about that, Randy, and then we'll kick it over to Brett for his uh, his memories. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm pretty certain that Brett was there because uh, he was helping with the ring rental for uh, a group out of Rhode Island that day. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Mr. Grimm was coming. I think he was traveling all the way from like Maryland and hit some traffic on the way. And we had to change around. I think we had two tag matches scheduled for the night. One became a triple threat tag. And then uh, Todd Harris got the spot against Xavier Bell that night. Well done. What do you remember about that opportunity, Brett? Um, it definitely wasn't my uh, greatest performance <laughs> of all time. But um, at the time, I was still very thankful that I got to have that opportunity. I just wish I had done a little bit better because I like what lasted a minute against Xavier Bell. It was pretty yeah. quick. It was a pretty yeah. quick match. You had, you had a clothesline <laughs> that I can remember from yeah. the uh, music video, but uh i i don't know i I don't remember too much from that yeah that's funny there wasn't much to remember if (laughs) (laughs) a minute no is it and like so i assume like every i I don't know if this case both of you guys can tell me if it's not the case so you go up there separate ring but you're not playing to wrestle but you have your assume you have your gear with you just in case is that pretty much what every young wrestler does or should do when it comes to situations because you just never know yeah it was like the thing that was told to me day one always bring your gear no matter what it like i never go any to any show that i'm not booked on without my gear because that's just you're squandering an opportunity if you don't yeah do you ever go to like family events or like you know go out to the bars for the night and bring the gear to just in case you never know when a wrestling I, match is going to break out you know absolutely you know with my family events you know you never know when someone <laughs> needs to go through a table so i mean yeah i always have my gear just in case um so before we get, jump into the uh your official limitless debut in a sense when did you decide to change the name and did you go through tell me what that process was like did you go have like a bunch of ideas and things like that or, or how'd that work so, um, I remember when I started at the lockup, Ryan drew straight up told me, he's like, I hate your name. I think it's, I, he's like, I think it's so generic. And I remember before that, um, Chase Del Monte also told me that it was very, um, very generic, but how does that hit you? When I, somebody says that I was <laughs> just like, fucking, uh, like, did you choose that name? And no, it was chosen for me and I just kind of okay. ran with it. And then you're so, just like, fuck, it sucks. I yeah. had no idea. I And I said to people, <laughs> I was like, well, it's better than my actual name. And to say that now is just so funny. Um, for people that don't know, it's a shoot. My real name is Brett Ryan Goslin. And anytime someone hears that, they'll be like, no, it's not his real name. That's not your real name. But it is. Um, the reason why I ended up choosing my name is um due to the fact that i was sitting in one of my college courses and they were doing roll the professor was doing roll call and he was just like uh brett goslin i was like right here he's like oh just like ryan goslin i was like "Eh, oh (laughs) what the hell my name is brett ryan goslin why am i not using this for wrestling so I texted Ryan Drew. I was like, what do you think about what do you think about Brett Ryan Goslin? He's like, way better than Todd Harris. I was like, perfect. <laughs> then we're going with it. And the BRG era began. 
That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you finally get your opportunity in Limitless, but of course, uh, this is during the pandemic. And I guess, how did uh, I, I was asked this in talents, especially that have um, uh, wrestled through the pandemic and you did a closed tape series. How did you survive it? Like, did you obviously everything changed for life for everyone, no matter what uh, walk of life you're in or work you're in? But for wrestlers and entertainers, it was tough because they weren't allowing crowds and we had no idea. It was just kind of this endless, uh, <laughs> endless, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like how yeah. did you, how did you survive it? And then how did you kind of start getting back into it and, and all that? I hated, um, I hated those six months away from wrestling. Um, it literally for a lot of people, they kind of just see me as like the wrestler in my friend group and stuff. And so it's like part of my identity to be a professional wrestler. So when that gets taken away from me, it feels like a part of me is taken away from me. It took six months and then I was finally um, messaged for like a a campground outdoor show in like August of 2020. And I was nervous as hell because I didn't know how my cardio was going to be because I hadn't wrestled in six months and anybody who has jumped in a ring and knows that they're a cardio for a wrestling match is completely different than any other sport. So I'm nervous about that. Then that day I get told I'm wrestling Anthony green, who at that point was like rumored to have been signed to NXT. I was like, I really hope I don't mess up today. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the scary part. Um, it was nice to like dip my toes back into the water and everything. Um, and then later on, when Tim and uh, Channing and I both got messaged to do um, the pandemic tapings for uh, Limitless, I was ecstatic because even though like there was no fans, I was like, it was something off the bucket list right there. It was like, wow, I get to wrestle for Limitless now, like an actual like limitless show that's going to be aired on IWTV and everything like the awesome this is a short-term goal that i've been able to accomplish so honestly those shows in front of nobody but the fellow wrestlers it was honestly what was like you say how do you survive during the pandemic honestly that's what helped me survive the pandemic not to sound morbid or anything but it's like i got that part of my life back even though it was in some obscure way it was awesome to be wrestling in front of any sort of crowd. And Randy, yeah. So BRG uh, debuts at the season two of the road and through this season two, and then also season three, that's where we saw the development of the prestige, which would be the early seeds for prestigious. What did you see in uh, how did that again? We talked about a lot with John in that long form you know, prestigious series we did, but kind of we talked about just putting these two together uh, what did you see and how that come together? Well, they actually came to me with the idea to, oh. uh, I think it was wanting to jump into season two of the road uh, as a tag team. And we did need some more tag teams at that juncture, especially uh, pretty limited in the close taping. You know what I mean? We we're, we we're pretty much only basing uh, wrestlers out of new England for the most part. I think season three, we extended that out a little more, but um, yeah, it, it was something to experiment with and just to see where it was going to go. Uh, not only were they on the road, but they also, uh, I think they faced Megabyte Ronnie and Puff, I believe, on the Vacation Land Cup event, <laughs> the did, first yeah. one that we did uh, as like a big premiere event. And, uh, and then it kind of went from there. It was 
growing from there and, and just something that I at least knew, you know, through those tapings, it was something consistent that we were going to stick with and uh, could definitely be an alley for them into being on more live shows when that, whenever that came to be. Brett, what do you remember about the, uh, your, your match, uh, your and Chains match with the MSP uh, during season three of the road? Obviously those guys are a fixture of main wrestling, but you know, uh, Mount Rushmore types when it comes to limitless wrestling, what would, what do you remember about that match and that opportunity? I remember it being like the third tag partner that I've had against MSP at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have wrestled MSP so many times in my entire career. It's kind of crazy. Like I said, I've had like five tag team partners when I've wrestled against them. So it's nice, like knowing somebody in that sense, because it helps strategize and all those things. But when it came to wrestling with Channing against them, it just felt completely different because I felt we had a leg up. Because before, it wasn't it wasn't really um, two best friends versus two best friends. It was me and my partner versus two best friends. So I didn't really have that connection with my partner. But now. I'm on the same page with him. We train together. We know what each other does. It was kind of like one of those, like, like I got this type of moment against them. And then along the way, obviously you start teaming with Mac Daniels. And as John Alba is what you're going to, we talked about uh, in the prestigious long form, kind of from your perspective, how was the prestigious concept kind of first brought up to you when you all in, did you have questions or how'd that go? I was all in for it. Absolutely. As soon as John came to me, the thing is, is like, I I had known John for a long time at that point. Me and him went to the same college. Um, I used to hear um, my college professors talk about like what a genius he was in the media field, in the journalism field. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I used to sit in communication classes, in journalism classes, and like his favorite professor i think you can see why um was just putting him over like completely there it's just like he's a genius he's this he's that i'm like oh my god this guy is like this guy is smart he knows what he's doing if she's putting him over he knows what he's doing anybody can make their own comment yeah anybody can make their own comment on that one but when john came to me i trusted him i knew um I knew that he had a lot of passion for the, this project with prestigious and everything. So as long as I had somebody who was equally as passionate as making this work as much as me, I knew we were set. And then fast forward a little bit. So June, 2021, uh, this is a uh, limitless return with live fans, a day that uh, anyone that was there and uh, obviously burned in our memories. Cause it was finally back, right? Finally back. And, so you go out there, of course, you have this uh, prestigious has this very high profile match against the original MSP, Aiden, DK, Alexander Lee. It was a great match. It was just it was just kind of one of those. Again, the whole night was a celebration of just being back and no one knew the matches going in in terms of uh, your know, fans and everything. But that was you're finally like after all this time, you're finally there in a a live in front of a live limitless crowd in the Arbeth and vets. And that must've been, I assume a pretty awesome moment, especially high profile match. You guys get the win, but that must've been a, uh, must've been a pretty awesome moment. 
everything about that night was awesome between coming out to Anthony Green's music yeah. <laughs> to yep. the um the fact that I got to wrestle the original MSP who like I said I had wrestled a million times at that point the fact that they were my first match in front of a live crowd in Limitless Wrestling I think is very poetic and I think and over time I remember Danger Kid bringing it up to me recently it's like it's kind of funny that you were the one to end the original MSP because we had fought you for so many years and we always kicked your ass, but it never got brought back and returned. And he always found that funny that, that I eventually was part of killing them off for good. But man, that night was just such a, such a feel good moment to know that we were back to a little bit of normalcy at that point. And to have that moment with two of my best friends at the time, it was, it was a great moment to say the it, least. It was such a great uh, trio and, and an act and presentation. Everyone put it because it, it just, everything made sense. It was three in-ring talents, uh, great looking guys, great shape, you know, young and just could go. And obviously you have John who it, it just, it just everything. I always say John's also a good looking guy. You have his head even bigger than all it is. <laughs> But you know, but he uh, he just has he he fit the package so well. Everything it's, just works. It's all right. Okay. So I'm gonna <laughs> here. So I put him over before I'm gonna bury him right now. Let's he go. had no part in the pedestal. I made the pedestal. The pedestal <laughs> is my move. He had no part in it. Sorry, John, I love you, but I'm taking credit for that goddamn move. <laughs> Very good. I like it. That we'll take that, Randy. Right? We'll make that the headline of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. BRG that. inventor of the pedestal. I like it. So you go through this whole run, and then obviously uh, all great things must come to an end, and prestige implodes uh, over time. It was a kind of a slow build to the end, and then obviously ended at uh, in, in very uh, memorable fashion. Guys had the three way for the Vacation Land Cup uh, in the first round there, and that was one of the uh, one of the matches of the year. Which uh, I want to kind of ask you about that in a second, but just kind of the whole run, and then the end. You know, it was a, was it a satisfying uh, ending for you? And obviously you love to see things go longer, I assume, but it, did it feel like it was the right time to kind of shift gears and, and change things storyline was? Absolutely. Um, I feel we had all started to really establish, establish ourselves um, in our own roles in the group. And I felt, had you asked me this, if we broke up in let's say 2021, I would have said that wasn't the, the right time, but having done it last year, after all the development that all three of us had gone through and, and, and John, I should say as well, it just felt like you had um, three stars on your hand at that point, not to put myself over or anything, but it's like, it felt like the right time. And in all honesty, when it came to like, mac and stuff it felt like his head was kind of getting a little bit too big at that point i know it's ironic to say a little too big but it was starting to get out of control um everybody was just kind of wondering what was going to happen next and then when we when i finally had that opportunity to really steer my own direction in the company i took it and randy it's uh it's wild too because i mean this storyline 
essentially still going because obviously we're going to talk about the 25th, but just this, this really kind of like long tail, you don't, I mean, you did, as I said before, like we don't see this on the Indies that often. And the fact you're able to have these guys around and be able to do this and do it in a way that doesn't feel forced. And it just, uh, it, it's, it's unusual and it's a really good kind of unusual. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a testament to all the guys who are involved and, uh, all the different avenues that we've taken along the way. I mean, you, you do have to kind of be free flowing a lot in independent wrestling. And uh, we talked about it a lot too, in the the episode where we spoke with Alba and did a deep dive on prestigious, definitely take a look back at that in the archives, but uh, everyone just was about it. You know what I mean? And like, you, I think you have to have that commitment from everybody involved to make something uh, good and interesting and, and people to buy in and, uh, really want to be invested in something like that. And I think that these guys, uh, you know, they, they should take a lot of pride in what they've done throughout the past couple of years. So that brings us to March 25th. And obviously how we got there was uh, a, a link to the, <laughs> to the past main lore as Humorous made his Limitless Wrestling <laughs> debut and went up winning, winning the, uh, the Let's Wrestle uh, number one contender battle royal at uh, January's Hard to Handle. And all of a sudden, I'll pops the hood and it's you, Brett Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and that must have been, that must have been a, a fun moment. And again, a tie into the IWE thing and uh, talking about how can I have that whole, uh, that whole kind of, again, the character came back and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything I talked about before, but from your perspective, and uh, have you ever wrestled under a mask before, kind of that type of outfit? Uh, I have wrestled under a mask. I, uh, I was once a curry boy in <laughs> NCW. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, it's funny. I, in my first match ever at NCW, I wrestled as Curry Boy. And then I would later go on to enter a, a Rumble under that disguise and win the whole Rumble only for um, it to blow up in my face. But besides the point. Um, yeah. Humorous. Uh, that was, I felt that was a good thing for the main fans. Um, a lot of if there are a lot of fans that I have seen there for a long time and I felt that them kind of seeing like humorous again it's like uh it's kind of funny it's a little easter egg from the IWE days because for those who don't know it was Aiden Agro and um Danger Kid and like I said my career in Maine was tied to them for a long time so I felt it was uh it would be a fun little uh Easter egg for all the main fans and to have a little fun myself. I was ecstatic during that match, except I was breathing a little heavy because, oh my God, I don't know how they, they freaking wrestled in those masks for years. I have a new respect for Aiden Agro and Danger Kid because Jesus, that mask has like no breathing room whatsoever. <laughs> I'm pulling that thing and I'm like, <sighs> like breathing so heavy because it, it, it was unbearable at some points, but I got through it. I, but you, some people were pointing it out. It was like when I pulled off the mask, my face was purple because I was still <laughs> trying to grasp the air. But it was, it's all one of my favorite moments I've had in wrestling by far. Yeah. And then, so obviously leading into 25th, you had a very high profile match, like I was mm-hmm. talking about with the, um, with the big kind of lead in and all this stuff that's been building mm-hmm. in some form or fashion for obviously well over a year. And uh, this is a pretty, you know, obviously a high-profile match and something that fans have been wanting to see. Uh, they're, you're, they're firmly behind you, no doubt about that. 
again, this has been building for months and months. If I get the culmination on uh, on the twenty fifth, it's it's by far my most important match that I've ever had. Um, this is a culmination of every bit of hard work that I've put in for years. I said it a while back in an interview that I was told that I was never going to be a professional wrestler. I was given every excuse in the book on why I would never work. So for someone like Mac to go and say that I don't belong either, it just triggers that old memory that just continuously pisses me off to this day. It's what drives me. It's what makes me the man I am today in professional wrestling. So to say that that I'm going up against literally my critics on March 25th is, I think it's the most poetic way to say it because Mac Daniels is fantastic as a wrestler, but he does not shut his mouth and I'm going to show him this uh on march 25th why he should have just kept his mouth shut because i'm going to take every single thing that matters to him most and i'm going to take that away from him and i'm going to show him that i do belong in professional wrestling i'm going to show everybody who ever doubted me that i do belong in professional wrestling and i'm going to be the next let's wrestle champion without a doubt limited tickets still available they're going fast you can't be there watch on iwtv and a couple other questions before we wrap up. Uh, you mentioned cardio. So hockey players known for having fantastic cardio. You mentioned wrestling is a different type of cardio. How would you compare them, or is there any comparison? Um, the be- So I think the easiest um, way to point out how wrestling cardio is different from any other sport, uh, if you know that story from WrestleMania 11, Lawrence Taylor, professional football player, right. literally – football players are known for their cardio as well he's like he's like dying in the back after his match and bam bam bigelow is just like hey good great job it's like oh has no problem with it it's a different animal because just everything that goes into professional wrestling it's it's a unique cardio that it you won't really be able to to know what it feels like until you've actually been in a wrestling ring uh, and you mentioned Gangrel earlier, or you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned Edge. So as you yes. know, Gangrel has been part of uh, Randy's promotions here a couple times. Randy, can I can I make a pitch for the future? Go for it. I mean, I would think at some point you gotta maybe do a a tag team match with you know BRG and, and Gangrel, and maybe doing the whole brood entrance, spitting the blood, and all that stuff. I mean, could could that happen maybe in the future? I mean, I'm sure it could come together. Yeah, I I, I am. Definitely all for that. I love this idea. You said you're gonna grill me on this. <laughs> you're giving great <laughs> ideas instead. I love I love it. Um, did you were you on any of the cards? Um try I can't remember. Were you any of the cards that Gangrel was on? Actually, it, no, I don't think so. Oh wow. So you never <laughs> even met that. Oh no kidding. Wow, we gotta make this yeah. gonna make this meeting happen at minimum, right. you know. Um, and also I wanted to uh, ask you about uh you made your AEW debut last yeah. year on episode dark and it was uh cool because this is after it was funny because in obviously in limbo storyline prestigious had broken up and there you are in trio's action with uh love doug and channing thomas and i'm like well it's good these guys have 
least you know put aside their differences for for this big opportunity but <laughs> that was t- so tell me how you get the call i don't know if it, assume it was from captain sean dean or somebody else and yep. just how i mean again this is the thing that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wrestlers thousands of wrestlers uh, around the world and a lot of them would love to get that opportunity uh to be on dark I mean, it's, it's a it's a short mm-hmm. match and you got it. So tell me about that. The call, the feeling, nerves, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so you're right. You do reach out to Captain Sean Dean. Um, he emailed me um, pretty much with the invite, just told me everything that I needed to know in order to uh, stay at the tapings um, during that week. Um, it's weird. Um, so I don't mean to correct you, but that was my third time on Dark. Oh, third time. Um, <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, don't don't want to bury you on your own podcast. <laughs> um, so, but that was the first time. No, it was the second time. Anyways, sorry. Um, being at um AEW during those tapings, you don't know if you're gonna get a match or not. So the everyone is like kind of like talking around. Like you, you're sitting down, you're just like trying to like stay out of the way, not get in anybody's way, not try to piss anybody off. You just kind of like keeping your head down, laying low type of deal. And then eventually just like, it'll go amongst the extras that, um, that the whiteboards up where they list all the matches that are going to be happening. And I remember the, like the first time, um, that I got a match, it wasn't up on the whiteboard yet. So I was like discouraged. I was like, Oh, that stinks. I'm not going to get a match, especially cause I, um, waves and curls who I was there with, um, they got a match. So I was like, Oh, that stinks, but good for them. Um, and then later I was just sitting by the whiteboard and they just come over and just wipe down one name and just start writing in four names. So it was me, Bobby Orlando, uh, Bryce, um, Bryce Donovan and this guy, uh, Tug Cooper. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Okay, cool. Let, let, let me go get everybody and let's get do this. We wrestled the factory that night and yep. then, um, Next time I went to AEW, I got to wrestle the Dark Order, which that's probably my favorite match that I've done at AEW, just because of how much fun it was. And then that match with uh, with Butcher and the Blade and Roosh, that um, that was actually like one of my most comfortable feelings ever because I was in there with two of my best friends, well, former friend, but you know, I still love Love Doug. So um, <laughs> Channing's all right. I should say he's more of a familiar face that I know can compete um but yeah that was just that was every single time that i've gotten to go there i've had no complaints so it's an amazing opportunity for those who are looking to do it it you won't be let down by it yeah that it's uh it's always crazy randy to see uh limitless talent or guys we see so often limitless in in aw ring especially because dark is giving you know, a lot of these talents, so many opportunities, uh, MSP in there. We've talked about this on the show before. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, cool as hell, and you can do it close to home, too. I always yeah. think that's really nice is that, um, you know, these guys get opportunities sometimes to do it at their, you know, local arena that's 30 minutes from the house. So uh, e- even if, you know, sometimes people may not get signed out of these deals, but you're, you're getting some lifelong memories and getting a taste of what it could be like. You know what I mean? Yeah, cool. I do know. I do know that. uh AW is making their Rhode Island debut in April. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, I, trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You may have some hardware. You may have some hardware you can bring along with you if you win this Let's Wrestle title, you know? 
never know. You never know. You That's never right. Know. Randy, as we wrap things up, anything uh, I left out you want to bring up? I mean, uh, we got to put over Brett's TikTok here. Uh, talk to me about it, Brett. It's it's off the chain. Uh, one of my Danger Kid wouldn't shut the fuck up about how good your TikTok was, and uh, to ma- get me to make a TikTok. So tell me about that experience. Um, that's that's a product of the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. So me and my girlfriend are very popular on TikTok. We're one of those cringy uh, TikTok couples that give yourself some credit here. Cringy, hey, you goodness. know, I, I come on. <laughs> There's some points where I'm like, nah, this is a little too much. But no, I love it. I, I just tend to, to do a lot of self-deprecating humor. Um, it's it happened in the middle of COVID. My girlfriend came and surprised me after two months of being away from each other. And she recorded it and posted it on uh, TikTok. And it just blew up. It got like 250,000 views. So she started to keep making them. And then she was like, you should make an account so they can follow you too. I was like, okay. So she did a lot of like couples-based stuff. So then those people would eventually um, start following me. And then I started to post a lot of videos with involving her and it just kind of became like this whole like duo together on the follower thing. So now like she has 356,000. I'm at a more modest 258,000. Wow. Um, that is actually my TikTok is the reason why I got um, booked in Texas last year. Uh, the promoter found me on TikTok and he messaged me. Um, OP Lance Romance, shout out to him. Um, yeah, and he just we just talked and exchanged information, and I got down to Texas later that July. Wow, I just happened to go. I, I'm not a uh, a big TikTok user because I'm like almost twice as old as you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite, but close. But yeah, so, yeah. This is a uh, wow, seven point three million likes. This is wild. Yeah absolutely crazy yeah yeah um, and and some of the stuff man some of the jokes i make are um a little harsh towards her but eh, it's it's fine they get the they get the views <laughs> it's, all, it's all for the views i do you make I, you don't have to tell me how much do you make money off this yeah i make money um how do you, it's nothing it's nothing crazy but it, it's a little extra money every month wow that's good for some of the what's this the dominoes when you eat some I can't, I'm not going to watch a video, but she loves when you're trying to eat healthy, but she loves Domino's. So you can pay for some yes. more Domino's, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Look at this. My, Amazing. My, my, oh, my God. My dad, she, she kills <laughs> me some days. I am always trying to eat healthy, and then she's like, let's order out. And I'm like, no, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to eat a salad here, and you want pizza. <laughs> Randy, we we gonna get him to help you with uh, some of your TikToks, and uh, maybe you just I need to do more dude. more My dancing. I always slipping. I always suggest <laughs> dancing and things like that for you, but you never seem to take me up on on the offer. I'm no dancer, pal. Well, that's the point, you know. The first time ever, you know, if we get you to like a million followers, you can do your first dance on there. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that that may get you a million followers, Randy. I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> Be surprised what people will what will get over on TikTok. It's some of the craziest stuff. That's wild, absolutely wild. Uh, all right, before I let you go, I said let let's plug your socials. Uh, I just talked yeah. about uh, TikTok, so victorious underscore brg. You can find Brett yep. on there. But talk about uh, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, any of that stuff. Floor is yours. 
Yep, you just said it right there, Victorious underscore BRG. Um, that's the name across all platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, no MySpace, sadly, uh, that's past uh, my generation. But uh, I, on Facebook, it's Brett Goslin, And like you said, TikTok is Victorious underscore BRG. Mm. And uh, obviously, before I let you go, we talked about you know 25th, Reasonable Doubt. But what other uh, bookings do you have coming up where people can check you out? Uh, this Saturday, I'm going to uh, March 11th, uh, I will be at Northeast Wrestling WrestleFest. And then the following week, I'll also be at uh, Northeast Wrestling uh, March Mayhem. Uh, this Sunday, I will be at Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. And I pretty much every Thursday, you can find me on Wrestling Open with the Stetson Ranch. Um, and I think that's everything. But obviously, March 25th, that's the big one. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, and then also, uh, the day after, maybe walking into New Jersey with a little bit of hardware because I will be wrestling uh, Alec Price for Northern Federation Wrestling. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Could be a big weekend. Yeah, it could be a big weekend coming up. Saturday, March 25th, BRG, Mac Daniels, Let's Wrestle title at Limits Wrestling's Reasonable Doubt. Be there, Yarmouth, Maine, or watch on IWTV. Brett, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun.